This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression. And this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Hi, and welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode of Behind the Sessions, I really want to get into something that comes up a lot in therapy, just this idea of failure. I hear it all the time, for sure, multiple times a week. People who are struggling are often feeling like failures, saying they feel like a failure, saying that they are a failure. And it breaks my heart to hear this because I know sitting from where I am, that is absolutely not true. Failure is not what's happening. There's a lot of what's happening underneath that feeling and that perspective. And that's part of what I want to get into today. I think, you know, first things first, if the measure of how you are and who you are is perfect or nothing, then yes, absolutely, you're a failure. That sounds ridiculous, right? But I do hear it all the time. And there's this false dichotomy, this false sense of if I'm not perfect, then I am failing. If I messed up, then I'm failing. And there's hardly anything in between, especially when we're talking about emotionally. It's either or. But it is absolutely a setup that if you feel like you need to do things perfectly every single time, then that is a setup to feeling like you are a failure or feeling like you are failing as a mother, as a person, as a partner. Because if perfection is your only goal, even if you aren't walking around thinking, I need to be perfect, I want to be perfect, you might have an internalized emotional sense of needing for things to be perfect, especially if you're dealing with depression and anxiety, or any other type of mental health condition. The things like this that we say to ourselves become really amplified when certain conditions are met, such as depression or anxiety or, or some other mental health condition. And I'll go into a few others later, but certainly like lack of sleep, big changes, and lots of other stuff. And I want to get into that in just a little bit. 
So if perfection is your goal, whether it's conscious or felt or there in some realm, then failure is the only option. You have no bandwidth. There's nothing in between. And it's going to feel bad every single time. So let's take a closer look at the definitions of these words, because I think it's really important. Words are powerful and they carry meaning. And whether we are, again, like conscious of what the word means or not, we carry the meaning within ourselves connected to a lot of emotional meaning or underpinning. So after we understand a bit about what these words are, then we can talk about how these really powerful words make you feel. So here's what the Merriam-Webster online dictionary said as a failure definition, and there are several. Failure as in negligence, meaning the non-performance of an assigned or expected action. Failure as in defeat, meaning falling short of one's goals. Or failure as in disaster, that something has failed. So this is, you know, widely understood meanings of what failure is. As I walk through these definitions of failure and just very briefly in my mind, equating them to the parenting journey, these are heavy, heavy definitions of humaning while parenting or humaning while I'm trying to become a parent in your reproductive journey. And then moving on to perfect, what does perfect mean? It means being entirely without fault or flaw. And to perfect means to bring something to a state where nothing remains to be done. So by my understanding, these two words, failure and perfection, are pretty rigid. There's no room for anything other than what these two words stand for. And if you will, they're sort of like two ends of a spectrum, but they're not actually quite opposite. If you want to get wordsmithy, the antonym or opposite of failure is success not perfection. But I argue that when it comes to parenting, the emotional opposite of failure is perfection. And I'll tell you why I think that. Because in this reproductive and parenting journey, especially in the early days, success feels good. But if you're the kind of person who is hard on yourself, success isn't good enough, especially if you don't achieve success every time. As in the pressure is that you just climb a mountain and you stay there. That's just it. You're you're done. And if you think about the whole kind of reproductive journey from preconception, conception, birth, pregnancy, loss, postpartum, early parenting, there is no way, no zero, zero, zero way that you could perfect anything and have success all the time. There's a ton of trial and error. There's a ton of not knowing. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of learning on the job. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So I wholeheartedly do not agree with these failure and perfection ideas in, well, being a human at all, but especially during this really sensitive time of change and transition and not knowing and figuring out. So I argue that perfect and failure are way too rigid and they are impossible standards that we should just not expect from ourselves and not measure ourselves by. So we can use logic and understand definitions and things like that all day. And there's a place for that for sure. But what people get stuck with perfection and failure is the emotional experience of those things. Just as you're sitting and listening to this, if you try it on for a moment, what does the pressure for perfection feel like to you? Is there something that you feel right away? Does it make you feel anxious right away? Does it, do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel it in your shoulders? Do you start to feel overwhelmed? And then what does failure feel like? Do you start to feel sick to your stomach? Do you start to feel foggy headed? Do you start to feel sad? What I find a lot that is underneath this goal of perfection is a defense against feeling shame. And shame can show up in a lot of ways in our physical selves and our emotional selves. And I'm not suggesting that it's the only reason that people are trying to reach for perfection or defend against failure. But shame is super powerful. If you've ever felt it, and all of us have, there's not a single person who hasn't. But if you've ever really, really felt it deeply, it is debilitating sometimes. And so who wants to feel that? So like an example of a defense against feeling shame would be like, if I do everything right, then no one is mad at me and everything will be okay also known as, I cannot mess this up. I cannot fail because if I do, something will happen. Something bad could happen or love will be removed or any number of things. There's a lot of stuff that people are trying to defend against. But if I don't fail, then everything will be okay. Then I will be okay. Sometimes it's something we've learned to do to cope with overwhelming feelings. What really is this standard that we're holding? What are you asking of yourself 
in uh, perfection or defending against failure. Here are some examples of how perfection can show up in more concrete ways. Let's say the pressure to feel like we need to speak in a certain tone all the time, like a sweet voice or a kind tone, or that we need to do everything that's on our list. And that can include cleaning the kitchen and vacuuming and the floors and the bathrooms and whatever is on the to-do list. It can include feeding your child how you're quote unquote supposed to. It can include that you have to work out and eat right and bounce back and drink enough water. It can look like that you have to every time use the correct intervention or parenting tool. It could mean that you need to be grateful all the time or love what you're doing, which is a tall, tall order. And this that goes across this the whole spectrum of, you know, let's say fertility treatments to trying to be pregnant to staying pregnant. All of the things, like every part of the journey, there's some pressure that you're supposed to, you know, if you don't love it, then you're doing something wrong. If you aren't grateful, then you're doing something wrong but I digress a little bit. The other one I hear a lot is in terms of pressure to be perfect and to do things perfectly is to only have good and positive feelings towards your child or your partner or your family members. Now, this one is particularly difficult for people because, um, you know, parenting is frustrating. I'm thinking about like early postpartum or in those, you know, first couple of years, well, maybe first 18 years forever possibly. Parenting is frustrating and you can absolutely 100% love your child and also have feelings of negativity towards them about their behavior or some other thing without going into too many details. What I'm trying to say is that the pressure to have good and positive feelings towards your child is a really very real pressure and obviously something you would want right? Like you want to have good feelings towards everybody all the time, but we don't. And it's really become more of a thing to be able to acknowledge that you have negative feelings from time to time, but it's still something that people feel a ton of pressure about. And in some ways, in many ways, it would be taboo to say that you have any negative feelings about anything related to the reproductive journey. Those are some of the ways that perfection or the pressure for it can come up. Now I want to talk about this idea of failure. And if we're going to talk about failure, we have to talk about what that means and why you feel it. So thinking back to those, you know, definitions of failure, they're very absolute and very rigid. So if you are telling yourself something like I am a failure, or I feel like a failure, are you a failure? Or are you feeling something like shame or guilt or embarrassment? And why might you be feeling those things? Let's say either someone did something to you or said something to you that brought those feelings up, or you did something that brought those feelings up for you, probably connected to some internalized idea of what you're quote unquote supposed to be doing. Meaning like you are supposed to only have a a kind and gentle tone, you know, with your child all the time. Sure, that can be a goal. But just as an example, let's say that you yelled and that's not something you normally do or it keeps happening and it's something you don't want to be doing. Then when the intensity of that feeling passes and the feelings of failure come up, it's often without context. 
So let's say just shorthand, the scenario becomes, I yelled at my kid, so that means I'm a failure. And then of course, the shame and guilt and whatever spiral that is starts up. But if we take a closer look at why you yelled, what would we discover that led up to that moment? I'll give you a list of possible contributors to what led up to that moment. And honestly, it's usually more than just one thing, but go ahead and you know add to the list as well. But here are some examples. Let's say you haven't slept much lately or your infant is often crying or even screeching or you're overwhelmed with attending to all of the mental, physical, emotional needs of your partner, child, yourself, your home, your job. You could be in physical pain or emotional pain or you've been feeling alone and isolated or you and your partner are arguing or you are arguing with a family member, or you're at some point in your menstrual cycle, especially if you have a sensitivity to your hormonal changes. Usually when I'm meeting with someone and we're trying to do some of this discovery of why X, Y, or Z happened, I'm really trying to pull in as much context as possible, as many of the things that contributed as possible to help it become more than just, I yelled so that I'm a failure, But what are the vulnerabilities that even led to that moment? And when you start to put the puzzle together, like, yeah, it makes sense that I like lost it a little bit because I haven't been sleeping. And gosh, what even time of the day is it? Have I had any food yet today? Or my kid is going through a growth spurt and is crying all the time or whining a lot, or you need more help and you need more rest than you've been able to get. And then in the context of all of those factors, the yelling makes more sense and it becomes less about failure. I yelled, therefore I failed. It becomes about, oh yeah, there are a bunch of things that contributed to that. I'm not a failure. There are reasons for this. And those bringing all of that in can really, really help soften how you think about yourself because now you're thinking about the whole situation as opposed to one moment or one day. So I say no to all of this, no to perfection, no to failure. These standards either lead to depression or anxiety, or if you're already experiencing them, make them worse or are happening because of depression and anxiety. Those things really change the way your brain functions and makes what might be something you already do to yourself. Maybe you're a little judgy or a little blamey and just, magnifies that way up and you can become way more judgmental and harder on yourself. And what I know to be true is that if you took all of those negative things that you say to yourself all day, you wrote them all down, you gave them to someone and had them follow you around all day and say them to you, it would be so very clear that not only how badly you would be feeling because you're being bombarded with all of this stuff, but also just how mean it is, how harsh it is, how rigid it is. And this internal dialogue can be going on all day or days or weeks or months, depending on, you know, your specific situation. That's a lot. A one day of it would be plenty to make you feel pretty bad. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. 
I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So what I suggest, and actually what I beg of you, is to have a more compassionate view of your journey. You are learning. You are figuring things out. Some of this is brand new to you. Some of it you might be anxious about, things that are coming up. That could contribute to how you feel. But the next time you hear yourself saying or feel yourself feeling like a failure, I'd like for you to think about this. Why am I feeling this way? And think of all of those stressors. Think of the context. What might be shaping this? And additionally, is failure a fact? Is that really what's happening right now? Have I failed everything? Or am I activated and feeling some shame or some overwhelm? You can also put your negative self-judgmental thoughts in the context of, is this how I would talk about or to someone that I love and care about if they were going through the same thing? The answer is probably not. And then is there something that I can say to myself that is more neutral or a less mean interpretation of what is happening? Like, yes, I'm learning as I go, or yeah, I'd like to do that differently next time, or... I really had a hard moment or a hard day, but that doesn't mean failure. There are several reasons why I think it's important to take this sort of introspective journey into understanding the use of the words like failure and perfection, how they impact you and how they make you feel, and how you're going through your day feeling. Because not only are we, you know, let's say on a journey to being or becoming a parent, The things you're feeling and experiencing might be internalized from experiences that you've had in the past as a child yourself or in your family of origin that are very worthwhile of healing from. It's a process for sure. But what I know to be true is that a lot of people these days, especially in modern parenting with all these pressures about how you're supposed to do everything, really do want to be the best parent that they can be. And I believe that that's true of all parents even, you know, generations past. But we have access to a certain set of tools now that generations past might not have. And so we are trying to become people and become parents in a way that we weren't necessarily taught. And when we learn how to have more compassion for ourselves, to be less hard on ourselves, to not view things in terms of perfection and failure, that passes down the line. We can also then teach that to our next generation to be easier on themselves, 
to have maybe a more balanced view of their learning process or their life's process. It is just such a worthwhile task to try and rid your conception of yourself of these ideas of perfection, of these ideas of failure. There is no doubt you're going to mess up. Absolutely. Whatever that definition means to you. We all do. I mess up. Like people make mistakes. That's part of being human. So if we are holding ourselves to the standards of perfection, and if not perfection, then failure, it's really not doing anybody any good. It's not a way to learn. It is not a motivator for learning and changing. It is only a motivator for shame, really, at its very base. So it's not even effective. This more middle ground is more flexible. You have more ability to see more possibilities for yourself. And once that is internalized and you begin to feel about yourself that way, and even look at the world that way, it ultimately makes parenting a little bit easier too, because you're not as hard on yourself. So I hope this has been a useful dive into perfection and failure for you. I know it is a big, big topic in therapy. It is up all the time. And if you can take on this perspective that you don't have to deal in perfection and failure, then your journey through life, through everything will be a lot easier. As usual, if you know anybody who could benefit from hearing this little chat, please do send it along. It is really important that people out there know that they are not alone. That is exactly why I'm bringing topics from therapy into this space so that it can be heard and understood and so that you out there know that you're not alone. And whatever podcast platform you listen from, please go and rate this show. It is super important that we have ratings so that people can find us and know how the show can benefit them, know how these episodes and this information can help them in their journey. I thank you so much for being with me. Until next time. Please find the Mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at mom and mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.